0: Is it true that they didn't wear underwear? (laughs) Or you don't know?
1: Yes, they don't wear underwear.
2: Oh my, I do not (laughs) like that. And like I said, be careful hiding those (laughs) dead in our
1: kilts. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations.
0: Hi, and welcome to another episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And today we are so lucky. Tell them why. We have a very special guest today, Sensei Michelle Raffi. So we have the same name, which makes it so awesome. And we both spell with two L's, which is the only way to spell it. Yes. Thanks for being here. Oh, no problem. Mm -hmm. Boy, I don't know how long we've known each other, but let's just go with decades. Since the 80s,
1: for sure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely decades. Wow, that is a long time. And I've known you
0: since the 90s. So (laughs) I'm just a decade short. (laughs) So let's get to the point of today's show. Some of you will know and some of you will not that Master Collegian used to request that his master level people introduce students to different types of weaponry, which is how I got on fans. Right. And I use request in an extremely loose way, don't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so basically when Sensei requested, you did it, correct? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow or another, you ended up doing heritage weapons. I love the name of it. Don't you,
2: Sensei Jack? I love the name of Heritage Weapons. And I do know that, since Michelle, you have um, an Irish background. How did you come up with deciding on
1: this particular seminar? I'm Irish from my father's side, so my kids Irish dance, and we got really interested in the traditional Irish heritage. And we went to Ireland in 2008, and I seen weapons there, the shillelagh and stuff, so I bought some weapons when I was there. And uh, brought them back, and I just wanted to learn about the history of it.
2: So you you found some weapons there. I'm surprised. Well, I guess in, in 2008 you could bring weapons back on that's the what plane. I about, that's exactly what I was about to
0: ask. How was it traveling with them? If you pa- <laughs> did you
1: pack them in your luggage? Okay, that's a funny story because I actually I left my shillelagh at the airport at, <laughs> <laughs> at Shannon Airport, and I was so upset I called them, and they actually. Shipped it to Fort Lauderdale Park, and they came and drove it to my house. Wow. (laughs) I thought I'd never see it again. Oh, so you could just like, it wasn't even bagged in any way? No, it was just like, it looks like a walking stick. Wow. I was shocked that I actually got it from the airport.
0: That's
2: so cool, right? That is unbelievable. (laughs) And it just goes to show you how nice real people can be. Exactly, because they drove from the airport to my house to deliver it. That was really nice. Yes. The funny thing about all of these heritage weapons that you will talk about is that most of them are spelled in a way that we would never be
0: able to pronounce, like shillelagh. Yes.
1: Oh, please. I I butchered the Celtic language. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes, and I'll go pop culture for you because occasionally you'll see on some sort of a fiction television show where they'll bring up Celtic and Irish and the spelling is you just cannot figure out what they're saying. And then the, those that can will make fun of the characters who cannot. So we need to get back on track, though, don't we? I guess we <laughs> do. And in your seminar, which you ran, by the way, in 2014, you so eight years ago. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Yes. I know. How could it be eight years already? It feels like yesterday. It really does. Because I can just see all of us sitting there passing those weapons around. And I will say that's a, a little shadowing or foretelling for the story at the end of the episode. (laughs) That's right. You divided the weapons. See, I'm back on track now. You divided the (laughs) weapons into short, medium, and long. So my first question is, of those three, do you like one of them better than the other, short versus long
1: or whatever? I actually enjoy more of the short weapons than the long weapons because before time, it was hand-to-hand combat. Then it became, okay, how can we make this better? And then it became shorter weapons within arm distance extension of the arm and then it went to mid range and then then obviously the long range would be the cannons and the guns and bombs and all that stuff but and by the time cannons
0: and guns were out there it it was more of a global situation even though that was I guess now nearly 300 years ago am I wrong about that do that math in your head
2: 1700, Seventeen hundred seven. wow 18, early 1800s with gunpowder. I don't know. I don't remember the exact years, but it's been a long, long time. So I believe a couple the, the short
1: term, like the weapons are more, they were more brutal. So they were yeah. more respected, like the Morning Star and the Burda and the Shillelagh. This was blungeon weapons versus like it was...
0: It was it was hand-to-hand combat, Not exactly yeah. what you said. Okay,
1: so you mentioned three, so let's talk
0: about those three. You mentioned the Shillelagh, the Morningstar, and the Burda. Let's start with those three. Tell yes. us a little bit about them, and also, I'm, I'm guessing you have one of each. I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're going to put up a picture of one of them. You can you guys can be surprised when you see it.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, the Shillelagh is a... Mainly it's a walking stick, but it has like a blunt end where they used to hit the blunt end to the head. But instead of using it like a baseball swing, they would use the flick of the wrist. So there was like technique to the, the shillelagh in fighting. It was taught by their fathers and certain people. Just like in karate, we were taught certain weapons from the Japanese. The Irish had certain techniques too. It wasn't just okay, let me just hit this person. There was a technique to it.
0: So what I'm hearing is that the uh, shillelagh was a little bit top heavier. Correct. And when you would hold it a third of the way down or a center of the way down and you would flick it like this and that would make that, I'm actually hitting myself in the head, guys. (laughs) That would make
2: that ouch moment. Correct. And And I was thinking that it's such a good nose breaker.
1: It was exactly nice. Because, you know, the blood would just start flowing. Yes. It was held more like towards the bottom mid range Mm -hmm. and um at the some shillelaghs you'll see it's not just the blunt end of the stick they added like animal horns Mm -hmm. so that added a little (laughs) bit more (laughs) not only was it decorative (laughs) Uh, which my friend that i went to ireland was she bought that one and she walked right on the plane with it because she's hurt her foot. So she used that ah. as, as she was using it as a aid for her injury. <laughs> with horns that would poke uh, yeah, anybody.
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on to the burda. But before we do, I just want to say to you guys who are listening. So here's what's going on. Talking about weapons make, makes us excited. And we are making noises. And so if I just you hear deal with it. And if you don't like it, cover your ears, right? That's it. But we are going to move on to the burden now. That was a new one for me by that name, but it seemed kind of similar to a dagger.
1: It's more like a bat. It's like a bat handle with a flat shaft and then um, two metal bands around the end. Ooh! So when you would smash somebody in the head, it would crush their skull. So it was way more like a bat than any kind of a sharp, uh,
0: sharpened edge. Correct. Got it. Were any of these short weapons knives? The daggers.
1: And what kind of length were those daggers? The blades were about four to six inches, and then the handle was another couple. Yeah. They, they were very small, so they could be hidden in their sock or, And even their kilt. Correct. Is it true that they didn't wear underwear? <laughs> or you don't know? Yes, they don't wear underwear. Oh,
2: my. I do not <laughs> like that. And like I said, be careful hiding those daggers <laughs>
0: in their kilts. Yes. And- Is that the Dirk, that dagger? It could be, yeah. I didn't hear that one, but that sounds interesting to me. Okay, let's move on to the morning star, and then we'll leave the short weapons behind.
1: The morning star is um, made of metal, usually iron. Back in the day, it had a, had a handle with a ball, and then it had spikes all around the ball. So the morning star is just a stick
0: with a big giant ball, Correct. not completely unlike the shillelagh. Right. Because it, it had the bigger end, but this end was a metal, b shorter, and c spiky. Correct. Got it. Now I got a visual.
2: <laughs> it's kind of like if you sat on the throne and you were holding a short scepter. Oh. That um, you know, if anybody got too close, you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they would call those a, a mace. So it's similar oh, okay. to a mace, but it oh, has okay. spikes on it.
0: And how many spikes
1: do you think a lot. are on there?
0: <laughs> <laughs> And she knows this because
1: (laughs) when I ordered one, obviously it came unassembled and I had to (laughs) screw every spike in there and it's very sharp.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious, right?
2: That is quite a job,
1: (laughs) did you have a lot of difficulty in
0: the research for this seminar years ago in getting information about all this stuff or was it very
1: available? A little bit of both. We didn't have like the internet like you have today where you can just Google one word and a bunch of information comes up on it. So it was a little bit of both of books and the internet. Cool.
2: Very interesting to me. And I just love that you have all of these weapons in your possession
1: (laughs) at home. Do you display them? The daggers I do. I have a cabinet and it's got unusual weapons of knives But the daggers, I had the Scottish daggers and my Irish daggers. So, yeah. Nice. It's displayed. So the mid-range weapons seem a lot like they're very universal.
0: Correct. You've got the bow and arrow. You've got the spear, which the spear, as far as our research, was the very first adaptation of a stick into a different type of stick.
1: Yes. And flail kind of goes into that category. It gives you a little bit more distance than close range. And has that loose oh, yeah. end to it so that it swings.
0: Now, on their flails, the Irish flail, do they have something on the end of it? Are They're pers- spiky balls. <laughs> I, I love that like word. Sp- <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Did you find their spears were made out of both metal and wood?
1: They were made out of both. Like the handles were wood and then the oh yeah that's
0: a little bit more advanced than the than the basic very basic ones That's true yeah and um was the spear a longer or a
1: shorter they were longer and do you think they threw them in battle they were close right it would be like the bow and just oh striking yeah. at that, that distance okay i understand
0: do they have a history in ireland of fighting horseback and and then not people not on horseback yes. like they do in japan yes okay so that would be another good use of the spear right yes Yes, definitely. Cool. Excellent. So does that finish up the mid-range and that puts us onto the long-range, guys? I think it might. I think it does, isn't it? I mean, who doesn't like archery? Who doesn't like a longbow? I love the longbow. Oh, gosh. Recurve is my favorite bow, just saying, but it's only because I've had it the longest and I have the most experience with it. But longbows are so pretty.
1: Majestic to me. Right. I bought a recurve bow, and the pound is too much for my pole strength, but my daughter bought a long bow, and I actually like her bow and arrow better. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys have archery set up anywhere? We do in the backyard once in a while. Yeah. So did
2: most of the civilizations, the Irish, the Japanese, the other Europeans, Africans, did they all use the bow and arrow, do you think? I think so. I do too.
0: It's a very versatile weapon. Yeah. And it's one of the ones that really dates back. But the interesting part, and you can tell us if this is true in the heritage of the Irish, is that each bow was slightly different depending on woods available. Mm. You know, what wood would be available. No matter how I say that, I get two woods. What wood would <laughs> be <available, laughs> what wood would be available as well as the fighting Situation was it more in a jungle? Is it more on an open plain? As more on horseback, so the the bows and the arrows were slightly different. Some poisoned their tips. Did they do that in Ireland? That was very. That's a very cool analogy. But
1: in Ireland, it may, they mainly battled in open fields, so they would just you know all shoot their arrows in the air, and they rain down arrows, and they would kill them on the spot. If they had a shield, it'd go through the shield, but like you said, some in the jungles, you know, hiding behind trees, poison. It's dart. Just
0: different depending on where they were in the world. But yes. in, in, in this particular heritage, is open plains and on horseback. Yes. So not completely unlike the uh, Romans, right? Right. Where right. They were just breaking down distance. Yeah. And cool. and probably the
2: the number of arrows that they carried was larger than you would if you were in the jungle. Because, you know, it was arrow after arrow after arrow that they were shooting.
0: Yes. Which is a way cool thing. Have you ever tried to shoot off horseback? I have not. I have tried. And I cannot believe somebody gallops and does it. Because we're just moseying, me and the horse. And I'm like, wait, wait, I'm busy here. (laughs) Well, and There's the reins. There's the thing. And I know you don't hold the reins on the horse at that point. I get that. But on this particular horse I did, we weren't that close.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I have never shot from horseback. But I just can't even imagine the control you have to have with your lower body for the horse and the control you need for your upper body for the bow and arrow. And then those long
0: bows. Yes. Okay, back to it. So let's go to long range. Okay, long range is not even fun. It's just war weapons. No,
1: it's not. It's not exciting like the others. Yeah, but, like the short range stuff, because like I said, they were more brutal weapons. The as long far range? no, the short range were more brutal. As, yeah, like you would be intimidated if someone's coming at you with a morning star <laughs> with this spiky ball. Exactly. <laughs> it, Where would... the long range weapons, nobody makes eye contact. Right, and
0: it's almost like they're still horrifyingly devastating. Let's just name them. Cannons. Those might be a little exciting. (laughs) I never shot one before. I've seen them shot in real life. Go ahead. Bombs. And I'll take guns. So there you go. Those are your three long range Irish heritage weapons, folks. But we're saying the reason that we think they're not as exciting is because you're not up close and personal with the guy.
1: You're far away. It's still terribly devastating. It's kind of more like a cowardly weapon because, like you said, you don't have to be near the person. You're shooting them at long distance. I think
0: the long range weapons are about the result. You don't have a passion in the fight. Like we associate, whether this is true or not, we associate short distance weapons with an internal situation that's happening right in front of you. It's personal. the The person is robbing you or their clan going back to Irish heritage is at war with your clan. Right. So there is a, um, a toe-to-toe issue there. Yes, it, it, it seems like it's more of a personal fight than yes. In the in the long-range weapons, somebody sent you there, and you did the business for this other entity. That's the difference between those two. No. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah, that's a terrible thing to say out loud. But we didn't invent war; man invented war. In and in this one article I read, it's been around since a very small group of people who existed. Knew a very small group of people who existed not far away and wanted what they had. And it's sad. It is. Weapons for people like us who just excite us. (laughs) Yeah. We love how they're used, how they're made, the heritage behind them. We have a podcast coming up soon about safety inside your own home. And one of the things that we're going to bring up is to know things in your house that could become a weapon that aren't actually a weapon. Exactly. And that's an important subject in home safety. And it's probably the beginnings
2: of how these weapons were created. Somebody saw something somewhere, uh, a they, rock, and then they said, how can I make the rock more than just a rock? Maybe they put spikes in it in, in some way. Or tied it to
1: the end of a
0: stick. Yeah, right. And to they make, make they the flail. It. Yeah, and the caveman. And then they sharpened the edge and that turned
1: it into the axe mm-hmm. and voila. That's what's cool about it is the ingenuity of the man how they kept adding things or making things better yes. on the weapons. I totally agree with that. That's right. And it it
2: makes all of the heritage so important that we know where they came from to where
0: we are today. I 100% agree with that. I think you're so, so right. Exactly. So I think I already mentioned that we're going to put a couple of these pictures up on our different social media. So we're on Twitter at Wildcat Dojo. And in fact, all over the web at Wildcat Dojo. If you add .com, you're at our website, where, by the way, you can listen to all the podcasts. If you go to Instagram, we're Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And if you're ancient like me, you can write us at Conversations at AOL.com. And having gotten that business out of the way, let's go to a story. Now, you have to picture that Sensei Mich- uh, Michelle Raffi, since we're both Sensei Michelle, is something I love, <laughs> And when we're together, it's like, hi, Sensei Michelle. Hi, Sensei Michelle. Anyway, so here we are in this big room. We have weapons everywhere. We have all ages and ranks of people, correct?
2: I think the kids had to be a certain age that night just because of the danger. 15,
0: maybe? I did require an age. Might have been 14 and up. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. A little bit grown up, but the story will remind you that the grown ups are worse than the kids.
2: (laughs) Well, I was uh, in the room that night sitting and listening and looking at all of these fabulous weapons and asking questions. And at the end, Sensei Michelle decided that we could pass some of them around so that we could actually touch them and feel them. However, she had a caveat, be careful. These are sharp. So if you were listening to her you were careful. However, I cannot tell you how many people decided to touch the spikes and see if she was joking. (laughs) She wasn't, and there were lots and lots of
0: Band-Aids needed at the end of the night. That is hilarious. (laughs) Did you bring Band-Aids for them, or did they have to go search them out? I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that this episode was going to be interesting to me, and it was, right? Oh, so interesting. And it just I just want to know more and more about the Irish weapons. We'll put up as many pictures as we can so you guys can look them up and we'll put the names beside them. And uh, I think I'm going to go this way. First, I'm going to go for Honor Athletics and then I'm going to thank you for doing this because I know it was a big inconvenience for you (laughs) right this very second. Sensei Michelle is recuperating from a foot injury. All right. So Honor Athletics. We love them. They're our sponsor, and we'd like you to support them. Call Cynthia at 770-945-5150. And when you do it, mention us, Wildcat Dojo, for your 10% discount. And if you want to go on the web, they're at honor-athletics. Or scroll down and click her link in the show notes. It's all there for you. And on that note, it is time to say, I really do appreciate it. I'm so, so happy you finally came on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I really enjoyed it. It was great. And I learned so
1: much. And I was at the seminar eight years ago. (laughs) It actually brought back memories. And yeah, it brings a smile to my face.
0: (laughs) It was a fun night. And this is a great subject. But anytime we're talking weapons, we're having fun.
1: Yes. All right, folks, that's going to be it.
0: Since Jackie, let's take it out together. And on that note. We are signing off.
1: Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.